Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. I'll react if I had to. Put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. Yeah. React if you have to. Yeah. Don't know the time, but just wait it on. Yeah, one of a kind. Yeah, what's on your mind? Yeah, what hard to find? Yeah, beautiful mind. Yeah, still in my prime. Yeah, just know that I'm here. Okay, tell me when. All right. Well, here we are. Um, originally, I, I don't know. First off, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, recording a podcast. But here we are, and I. I'm hung up. I have a little stage fright, Jeff. I I want to. It's like writing the paper when you when you have to come up with that first sentence and that that first opening intro. Is it witty? Is it is it compassionate? You got to captivate an audi- audience. You got to capture someone. And I and I don't even know what I'm like staring at a blank screen here. I don't even know what to say. If, good morning. Good, good, good evening, good afternoon. I don't know when these fucking people are gonna listen to this, if, if at all. But uh, here we are at a uh, old kind of abandoned church house, um, sitting on the church casting couch. I'm just kidding. Um, it is a couch at an old church, but I've probably sat on dirtier couches in my day. Uh, I think you'd be fine if you took a black light to this thing. Maybe not. Anyway, that's gross. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Uh, Pondoff's Anonymous. Podcast number one. Mission statement. Why am I here? Who the fuck am I? Um, very valid questions. I, I'm sure that's what a lot of people or the one person that will be listening to this is asking themselves. Um well, my name's Chris. I am, uh, as of this recording, 2,066 days sober from alcohol and um, coke and all that shit. I um, used to hit it pretty hard, and very hard, I should say, through my 20s. I often used to call my 20s, my the, the roaring 20s, my roaring 20s. Um, not that I remember all the entire decade. There's probably a good chunk of it that I don't. But I'm here to to basically just help people. Man, we're we're on a we're on a mission. I think you and I are. You know, this podcast to show people and tell people they're not alone in their their fucking struggle with um, some pretty dark shit that leads us to to drinking to fucking you know doing a bunch of blow to now the fucking epidemic out there is everybody and their brothers sticking needles between their toes and shooting up this fucking fentanyl that's dropping people like flies so it all starts somewhere and and why we why we do it whether it starts off as a fun or you know a social gathering to be social to to meet friends so you go out and get all fucked up and it's cool and all until it until your mind shifts and and you're you're doing it and relying on it and 
and shit just starts to crumble around you, man. And that's where I was. And uh, throughout this podcast, if it if it if it catches and and people actually want to listen and, and want some more, you'll learn more about my journey and my personal story as we uh, digress um, through a couple episodes. But basically, what I want to do today in this first episode is is that what we call it episodes. This first episode of uh, it sounds like we're watching a fucking Golden Girls or something. Episode one. What what we're the goal here is to is to tell you guys what why I'm here, why we're recording this, why I am now turning what was a kind of written blog, if you want to call it that. It sounds so fucking dorky, but that's really what it was. I mean, who, who the fuck am I? I'm not Mister Cool, but I. I've always wanted to know what was next with that. Um, I remember, actually, it was like Christmas Eve a couple years ago at church. I told our pastor, or, you know, the pastor at our church I go to, that you happen to go to, whatever. Fuck. Um, I don't want to mention any names. Distance themselves from this podcast as far as they can. So so they actually have somebody in the pews on Sunday. Um, He, I, I told him, I said, hey, man, I'm, you know, Shit, I just used his name. You can edit that. Um, I said, I'm, you know, 1,200 days sober or whatever the fuck it was. And he goes, you know, Chris, I'm kind of heard that story, and and I just want to know what's next. And then he just kind of walked away and left me with that prick. It's fucking Christmas, you know? Throw me a bone. How about an attaboy? Um, But he's right. What is next? And, uh... A lot's gone on since the day that I, I started writing this blog on pontofsynonymous.com or on Facebook. And it was sharing my story. Then um, the mission of the blog was the same thing it is here, is to reach people that are really fucking struggling, man, that are that are hurting and throwing their life away to you know, a bottle of fucking whiskey or uh, a rail of Coke, whatever. Um, so I, I wanted to write to those folks and, and I was, I was pushed by a friend, um, a gal named Beth that I grew up with. Um, great gal. Uh, also has a, I mean, I want to say also, cause I don't necessarily have a heart of gold. She has a fucking heart of gold and, she was she was doing something online called the joyful life and just wanted to get a group of people together that would just help spread some fucking positivity in what can be a polarizing world especially online and whether we like to say we don't spend our time online um, it's bullshit i mean there might be some fucking 96 year old grandma in a fucking nursing home like mine that's was when she you know rotten away at dementia god bless her um that wasn't online but if, if you act like you're not online you, you're you're fucking lying to yourself and you're, you you know of it and i remember people used to say you're like you're on facebook and they they'd make fun of you but or they would say you're on facebook too much and then uh, the only reason they know you're on facebook too much is because they're on fucking facebook too much so Let's uh, let's check our too cool for school attitudes at the door a little bit and um, admit that there's a there's a world out there. Then, fortunately or unfortunately, we're we're in it. 
and and it seems to be super fucking polarizing online. So this girl Beth wanted to start this this team of people, this movement called the Joyful Life, and she she knew me, knew of my story, and she reached out and she was like, "Hey, um, you make me laugh on when you say crazy shit um, online. It's something a little funny or whatever." what would you think about joining my team and, you know, help spreading and, and some news of, of joy and like people being positive and kind to one another, shit like that. So I started writing really for her and that's kind of how Pondoff's Anonymous, um, started. And I think if I uh, look back, it started the summer of 2016. So I was, I, I got sober. I checked into rehab in March March 25th of 2014 and for those of you that are are sober and have have lived in a life of recovery you know how important the the day is that you stop doing whatever the fuck it was that you were doing that was dragging you to rock bottom so a couple years past my uh, I got some a wind underneath my sails and and that to say two summers after I got sober I started writing for for Beth and um by that time I was I was just on my way man I I was up my life was onward and upward um up and to the right some people will say and things were happiness was creeping back in my life I was I was beating some some tragic shit that happened uh to me that really was the final straw that broke this camel's back that led me down a real dark path from about May of 2012 to March of 2014. So I hope I'm not confusing too many people out there with the dates, but I sobered up March 2014. By, I think, July of 2016, I was writing for Beth. Um, And then it turned into where I would just write. She was like, put it out there, don't necessarily... You know, you don't have to hook your horse directly to this wagon, which was, it was just for, to make sure you're helping people. So she was a real good, one of the uh, mentors. I, I will like to give her uh, definitely some credit where credit's due and she's a great person. But so I started writing and, and, and I got, you know, I was writing maybe once a month, twice a month uh, for about a year, two years. And then my wife and I, my now wife, and I decided to her all it's all her, she's the fucking angel, but become foster parents. And we got our first placement um in the spring of twenty seventeen. So I was you know, fostering this young young man, um, little boy, and that's life changing in its own right, but uh, as I was doing that, my time started shrinking. Um writing for me was was something i would do my my sweet spot for writing was probably like 10 p.m to 4 a.m and with a um at the time three and a half year old um a not single anymore and a full-time job those hours sober are are not uh easy to come by you, you if you know what i mean i I actually enjoy to sleep now that I don't fucking drink and do 
mounds of coke. Um, not so much in my past. Uh, sleep was a little overrated. Uh, one of my fellow, a guy who's now sober, God bless him, told me, used to tell me when the, when the sun started coming up after on like a th- on the middle, you know, day two of our three day binge. And he'd start like wondering when you're going to fucking sleep. And he'd say, you'd sleep when you're dead. And um, that's bullshit. Now, I don't know if it's A, my old age, or B, my sobriety, or C, a little bit of both. I fucking love to sleep. I can get a good night's sleep. You know, I can go to bed at 830 on Friday nights now. So it's a different world. But regardless, to, to write... And be creative and 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 all that shit. I uh, ten to four was when I would sit up and write a two thousand word blog, and um, I just I just don't have that time uh, like I used to. So I wanted to transform that mission into something else. So I started going to the tavern I grew up at over in Belleville and uh, hanging out there on Monday nights. For I did that for about a year during Monday Night Football, just, and just letting people know if they needed help, I'm up here. Uh, you can bounce some shit off me. I'm no fucking expert. I'm not a drunk whisperer. Um, maybe not. Maybe I am. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that drunk whisperer. There you go. Man. Um, regardless, I'd sit at the tavern. I drink my club soda, and if people needed help, and. And I need to put this out there too. I'm not on a crusade against against alcohol. Um, uh, it can really fuck people's lives up. It really can. I trust me. I fucking know. But I'm not like you know. I I still I, I can be around it. I can go to. I like to go to bars. That's what I grew up doing. I grew up in taverns and Knights of Columbuses and Elks Lodges and you name it. So I'm not on a crusade against alcohol. I'm on a crusade against alcoholism and uh, maybe uh, on a crusade again on helping people get the fuck up from rock bottom. I think that's that's what my mission is. So I would sit at the bar and if people were getting close or at rock bottom, they knew where I was. And it was fun, Jeff. We had fun. We I, I would go up there on Monday nights, watch a little football lose a little money, um, degenerate fucking gambler. So, um, you don't have to quit that too. I'm working on it. Now, trust me. <laughs> did my wife call you before we did this? <laughs> Point is I would sit up there. People would come up and we'd, we'd watch some football. And, and after a little bit, the, the real conversation started happening. So I would say it was, it was a, a success. And towards the end of it, People couldn't get away every Monday night or even if they were kind of afraid to guys back into that online shit to come up and sit with me. I, I ended up spending the rest of, uh, towards the second half of that year of going up to the to the bar. I would sit at the bar on my phone and I wasn't texting. I was private messaging. People would reach out to me on the pond of anonymous on a, uh, as a on an anonymous level. Um, I know. You know, they they share their story that completely confidential on on all that. Um, hence the fucking name. But that's what it turned into. So I was people would reach out with their issues. And, and it's I, 
I could see in each conversation I've had with, with folks through my sobriety journey, um, it has the first light that goes off in people's eyes or goes on in people's eyes, I should say, is that they're not fucking alone, man. And that is so fucking powerful. It really is. And it that's, I think, the start. So so that's why also it's why I've been so vulnerable and open. And I mean, it's pretty exposing um, of, of my past and the way that I lived and um, it, it's just by doing that, people have really recognized it, um, that they're not alone and, and loneliness will fucking kill you. It, it kills people. I think if there was a way you could quantify it, I, I would wonder, you know, they always have the stats of traffic deaths and fucking ODs and all this, all this shit that kills people. I, I wish I could quantify it. I, I would bet money, even though I know I just said I, I lose a lot being a degenerate gambler, but I would call my fucking bookie right now and say that loneliness kills more motherfuckers than all of that shit. Because it's probably the root cause. And a lot of time, it's most of the times, nine times out of ten, if not even way higher percentages, it's a fucking facade. It's the enemy fucking winning. I I need to... As I'm going through this opening podcast episode, whatever you told me to call it, explain that my way to sobriety, my saving fucking grace was that was in fact God's grace. It for me it was it was faith, and for me it was Jesus, and for me it was uh, a, a community of fucking people that was really what church is all about. Um, but I'm not going to, on this podcast, beat people over with Genesis or fucking Deuteronomy, whatever the fuck that chapter's called. Um, you know, Luke this, Timothy that. I'm not going to do that. There's some great fucking wisdom in that book. Um, it, a lot of that, I mean, that wisdom has saved my life. A lot of it's, it's just, it's nuts sometimes when you, when certain things hit you um, from that book. But I'm not here to stand at a pulpit and and beat the fuck out of anybody over the head with a Bible. I'm not a, you know, trust me. <laughs> um, what I will tell you is that that shit saved my life. This God shit is fucking real, and it saved my fucking life, and I know a countless amount of other people that it did, too. And the unfortunate thing about um, following Jesus as it comes with preconceived judgments and stereotypes um you know, that you're automatically a khaki pant, Bible belt wearing, judging asshole because you're a Christian. That's also fucking a facade. Um, and the church I go to in St. Louis, for some reason, lets me the fuck in. So they'll let me in. They'll let your ass in. They'll let anybody that is listening in. And and tying it into loneliness and being at rock bottom, why the fuck don't try Would you not want to try out a church, a try out? Somewhere where there's a community that, um, if you find the right one, by default are going to like you. They're they they're all there to care about people and like people and might be able to help you out. But I, I also know people out there have been so fucked over by the church and by hypocritical assholes at church, and you and I both know that. So 
not to get off on a tangent, but my the point is God's grace saved my fucking life. And what I'll explain that the, the there wasn't one big event that I woke up and said, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to check into rehab. In fact, I quit fucking living after my old man died. I mentioned a tragic event and, and I'll I'll elaborate more on that as as we go on with this. When he died, I died. There's no fucking question. And everybody's lost uh, uh, people. We all have lost people. We all, I don't know if we've all lost number one. And for those of people that have, they'll, they can empathize maybe with us. Um, that motherfucker was my number one. He was my, he was I, my, I revolved around him. He, all of my eggs were in his fucking basket. We were best friends more than we were father, son. This is all to my mother's dismay, but she already knows she's not listening to this fucking thing. She would have been my, like, the one person that, you know, would be your biggest fan. Like, you know, they say your mom, she'll be your fan. So, like, I I could probably, this podcast will probably have zero listeners. But I could, my mom would listen if I let her. She'd be my one listener, but I, I can't let her listen to this shit. Oh, my God. So to her dismay, because she used to constantly battle this, is me and my old man were best friends. I fucking worked for him. I lived with him during some uh, hard times in their marriage. I would go through the gates of fucking hell with him. So when he died, um, the the sun went out in my world. And then, then an already, excuse me, an already drunk, fucking half a coke head turned into that to the nth degree for the next 22 months until I checked into rehab so between the time he died and be that between the time I checked into rehab there was no one aha moment uh that like a movie you'd see in a movie there was some big events that all strung together uh for instance my my baby sister who you know, now also is fatherless, who has an older brother that's a fucking piece of shit, fucking drunk, said to me that she needed me to walk her down the aisle one day. And she was afraid I wasn't going to make it to that, whenever that may be. Um, and that was five and a half, six years ago. So, so things like that added up. Yeah, but there wasn't the one big fucking climax movie moment that, that got me sober. I don't know how it happened. But I showed up to rehab. I had had enough. I checked into rehab. And they fucking strip search you. You got some guy named fucking Ralph, a recovering junkie, you know, fucking telling me to lift my balls to make sure I don't have any fucking coke or syringes, you know, shoved up my ass to sneak in this fucking place. So you talk about really breaking down barriers, man. Like, they they break you down. But I, I so I get in there. They give me this hospital scrubs and... I was, when I checked into rehab, uh, uh, a guy called me the other day, Portly. Um, I was a little husky. So they, these fucking hospital scrubs barely fit. And, and I'm sitting in this room. They take all your shit. They wash. You check in with a bag. They wash all your stuff. They go through everything. So there's about two hours in your room by yourself before they bring your stuff back. And I remember that night... Um, looking out of a window and then laying in that bed and and just asking myself, how the fuck did it come to this? And I had the most intense, all-out fucking screaming match with God with 
it was, it, I, I just, I still speechless thinking about it. It was the, I was screaming, yelling a fucking fight with, with God that, that I say I lost obviously, but maybe I won in the, in the, in the long run because I finally like a fucking seven year old scared little fuck. I f- cried myself to sleep. And woke up to a nurse waking me up at like six thirty seven in the morning, waking me up for breakfast. And I got up and I had the most fucking amazing sense of peace in my life that I knew there was no going back. And I wasn't going to do this rehab thing again for the very least part that Ralph didn't grab my fucking ball sack again. Strip searching me, whatever the fuck his name was. So... I I tell that story because for me it was the it was the the light that went on um and I I knew that I had a a way to to stay sober and it was just it was fucking Christ man it was Jesus and and I had a I knew I I of a church to go to when I got out of rehab I the church we go to now I I knew the pastor um the lead pastor i he had kind of talked to me about this shit prior um called me out for some things which needed to be called out on um was there for me you know as much as i'd let him be so i would say there for me from a distance but not at his choice my choice when when my old man died um because i was you know pissed off at god obviously and you go through those motions but i knew he had a place I knew I had an empty, uh, a reserved spot in one of the pews or chairs as we have. So after I got out of rehab, man, I haven't missed many Sundays, and I've met some inc- incredible people at this place. Um, I guess I should start with with my wife, right? Yes. Because I married up. I married, like, married up, outkicked upon coverage, all those sayings. She's a fucking saint, man. And um, she's the first girl... Well, let's put it this way. Before I got sober, I was engaged to a stripper, all right? And to make matters even worse, I proposed to her on a Sunday to piss my mom off. You know, we were fighting. I didn't mean to give my fucking old man a heart attack, but that's a, for another story. Um, my mom was bedridden for like a week after that. After that, she didn't go to the first year and only year she's missed Easter service. So I... um yeah, so going from that to God bless, I still pray for um the past and and, and wish no ill will. I was no fucking saint. Um but I my yeah, this gal I somehow fucking swooned into marrying me. I mean, like a used car salesman, I was all over it and I don't know. Something's gotta be wrong with her, but we still haven't figured it out. So I met her there, I I've met some incredible people, and like I always said, they let me in. They'll let anybody in, and I think that goes for a lot of a lot of churches nowadays. Um, well, I don't know about that. Maybe not. I think about it, but that's a whole different subject. Um, so the point the point of me bringing up the God stuff is it's gonna you know it's what got me sober. I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um, and I'm hoping I can reach some people that were like me that not necessarily made fun of people that went to fucking church every Sunday, 
I, I always lived a God-fearing life. Um, and then when I got sober, I always say that I, I kind of transformed into a God-loving life. Um, but I mean, I still, you know, I still, I still say bad words. Yeah. Aren't I pretty cool? Um, so the point is, uh, back to, to the, where I was at, at Fridays and then helping people out. And then we got to a point where we started fostering. And as that got more serious with, um, with, with our young little guy, I, I decided to call the mission at Fridays a, a halt to it, uh, time and also planning a wedding, um, which she was very supportive of me going and sitting at a bar Monday on every Monday night, um, to help people. But we were also planning a wedding and, uh, you, you're married. Yep. All right. So as, <laughs> as the football season started creeping up to the wedding date, it was, um, it was wise for me to take some time for, you know, that mission, if you want to call it that. And ever since, so ever since we got married, I, I have been, you know, I guess not that the honeymoon's weared off, but, uh, you know, once we got our feet under, started seeing what, like, married life looks like, we were already parenting. The cart was before that horse, um, as is a lot of people's. Um, I, I got my, you know, feet underneath me, and then it was what's next, like Matt said, or, you know, well, whoever the fuck said. So with that... I was getting these nudges like what what do you want to do what what is what is the next chapter of of helping people out like I tell people the other day I was taking a kid to rehab and I said to him I go you when you get on the other side of this there are going to be so many opportunities for you to give back and I'm telling you right now that there's something about this and I call it God's grace um, there's something about this that when you receive it, when you receive sobriety, when you become sober, there's so many people like me that just want to fucking help bring, reach a hand out and help people across that line and help people up and pull them out of rock bottom that you just, you, you, you're motivated. It sometimes it, I mean, I know people that go through countless unimaginable grief. Um, uh, my cousin who lost their baby at 13 months old. And the only thing that keeps my cousin going is this, is the foundation and the name of this child. So it, it, on a smaller scale, our, our sobriety mission, I mean, it keeps us going and, and helping people out. That's why AA is such a big fucking deal. And, um, NA and all that shit. I mean, it's just people helping one another and it. And I'm telling you, you do get off on it. it it's in a good way. Like, it it is something that that drives people serving others fucking is a better high than six well five fucking rails off a stripper's ass but maybe not six i'm telling you though in seriousness it is it, it's it's crazy so i i was just driven to what do we got to do we i got to do something then all these things started happening like i'd hear these whether they're sermon missions or in random conversation like Pondoff you should start a podcast you should you're a great writer which I don't know if I'm a great writer I, I say funny things every once in a while but you should you, you like to talk um, 
I do like to talk, don't I? I, I am a talker. I, you know, you know, I don't, I mean, I could phone fuck with the best of them. You should see, Never mind. I can't go to that. Um, but I, I was great. I fucking talked to her. Anyway, the point is they, I, I was getting all these, these nudges and, and anytime somebody says, I like you hear it used with pastors, like I felt a calling and I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I know great friends with some pastors that literally got a calling and they did it. So I'm not disparaging or, or not because I, it's happening to me. So I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm self-deprecating at times. Anytime somebody says I had a calling to something you're like, okay, you fucking weirdo. You know what I mean? Like that just the regular people that don't go to, that aren't very faithful or that don't have a lot of whole, a whole bunch of Christianity in their life. Like, you got a calling. That's a weird motherfucker. Yeah. They answered some fucking calling. Okay. Well, listen, asshole, it's fucking for real. All right. And I know it because it's happening to me. It's inside my gut. I'm obsessed with thinking about it, uh, um, of helping people with this recovery mission and, also showing them that faith doesn't have to be what their preconceived notion of faith is and following Jesus doesn't have to be, you know, what they are stereo, their stereotype that's, you know, imprinted on their brain and their, it doesn't have to be that. So yeah, I have a fucking calling to do that shit, to teach, to, to show people that I did it. Anybody can do it. So I've been getting these nudges and then, it's not maybe not calling to do a podcast. Who knows? This probably won't even fucking take off. I don't know if this will even will even release this recording here, Jeff. But the point is, I have a, a fucking a, a passion to to spread the message that you're not alone when you're fucked up on rock bottom and addicted to, to name that drug, and that this Jesus shit fucking works, man. This this love shit. And kindness shit fucking works. And don't get me wrong, I can still be a fucking prick on the highway. I can still, every once in a while, make fun of people. Not every once in a while, probably all the time. I can still do all that shit. I do. I just say that's not Christian after I say it. I was motherfucking somebody the other day, Jeff, and I said, I think I dropped the C-bomb. I was like, that, I'm sure it was, I'm talking about your fucking girl, Nancy. I don't know who it was. Um... I dropped a C-bomb, and she fuck Ashley looked at me like I fucking... I go, hey, that wasn't Christian. And she says, that doesn't mean... I go, bullshit. That is what it fucking means. It, I, it does cancel it out. I said, that wasn't Christian. So that's my sorry. And then God absolves me. And that's how it fucking works. Okay? Okay. Just let me sit in that for a little bit. Christian is repentance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I repent fucking... Yeah. Oh, every other sentence. So I want to show people that, man. It's Jesus and, and isn't what, it's not what you think it is. I, I promise. And, and I think a lot of things in life are like that. You have this, oh, I'm not going to be friends with those people over there because they're probably XYZ stereotype. And then you become friends. It just is, it's just fucked up. It, this Jesus shit is not, what you think it is it's not the stereotype that that is almost even out in the mainstream anymore it's not and and i can show you i i could if anybody wants to call me on it i'll fucking show you um 
DM me. I'll save you a seat on Sunday. I'll introduce you to some pretty cool fucking people that, that live life like centers that like normal people and actually care for others. One time at church, we did this thing where they handed out these domino cards. You remember that? And it said, I'm not going to name the church on the podcast, but it said, what has blank church done for you? And this was like six months into my sobriety. And all I wrote was I stopped being mean to others. I probably should have said I've stopped being as mean to others because I don't, I, I, I wasn't, as refined as I probably would have liked to be. But I mean, it, I, I'm, st- I'm not as big of a fucking asshole anymore. Uh, I'm not. And it's a, uh, being a fucking asshole is a burden. It's carrying a fucking burden, man. So to the calling stuff, I, I don't know if this is a calling. It's a podcast. It's going to be unsuccessful. So I don't know if it's going to be po- uh, a podcast. Um, if this is a calling, but helping other people is, and, and all these with the nudges I've gotten are from, a ton of different people that say you should do a podcast. I don't know what the fuck a podcast is. I mean, here we are. I'm talking into a microphone. You've done some before. You you were a fucking nudge. You you posted on Facebook as this shit was consuming my mind and consuming my brain. Has anybody thought about doing a podcast? And I and I know it sounds like hocus pocus shit, but Jeff, you were one of the first people that I thought of when I was like Somebody said podcast. I said, how the fuck do I do that? And I was like, I bet Jeff could probably figure that shit out. And here we are. So all those nudges. And and they're from strangers, too. I get them from from people that I don't even really know that that I've talked to in in church or some small groups or that I've helped. They they all are like this, you know, you've helped me. Maybe this can help others on a a bigger reach. And the blog thing's great, but nobody sits down and reads 2,000 words anymore. Fuck, I don't even read my own shit because it's too fucking long. But, it, it, I mean, it just is, it, it's the way people are, are consuming content now. So, so I will wrap up with one story on, on why I'm sitting here on this um, holy water stained couch at, a, at an old abandoned church house that is now a... Um, our studio, if you want to call it that. As I was pushing these nudges away, I kept saying, okay, but I got to wait until this is done. I got to wait until that is done. Um, as all that was going through my head all summer, and this has been going on for six to nine months, I I lost a friend, um, a good friend, and um, too young. And... September 30th, we, uh, excuse me, September 20th, we went up to Chicago to his, uh, to his wake and, um, you know, fucking brutal young wake, you know, lots of people there love this guy. Um, been to a fuckload of these things. Right. And, um, I get back and I'm like, that's another, you know, one. And I don't know. If I, I know, all I'll say is that he was uh, he lived like I lived, and and I don't know if it can even contributed. Um, point being, um, that later that week, if the wake was on a Friday, I I get back that later that week, and and I'm just thinking, man, I gotta fucking 
get off my lazy fucking ass and get out there and help people. People are dying too young. Um, so I, I dust off the old Pond Offs Anonymous website. It's still there. I still pay for it for go, you know, the GoDaddy shit. And I still, in July, renewed the subscription. So in July, I opened up my email. Nobody, you know, same old, it's a couple spam emails. No porn, not on this one. Um, cleaned it up, deleted the spam, deleted the dirty shit, and closed it, and then went on my way. So now, fast forward, we're September, September 30th was the day that I was like, I want to just pop, I need to pop into that email address because I've got this fucking nudge, this calling, and I log in, and this motherfucker on August 8th reached out to me for help. I fucked up, man. <clears throat> uh, sorry, I... I had been getting this fucking call, this nudge from... God sends it through so many fucking people. Himself through... Through, like, prayers and shit. And I hadn't done shit. So I sat with that, man, for... I sat with it for hard for twenty for forty eight hours, and then some important people. I, I one of our pastors, um, my wife, and my my cousin, who happens to be this guy's best friend and each other's best friend, brother. And they said he would not want you to be feeling the way you are, and that's easy. It's easy to hear that. I know all the speeches, right? But I came at a fucking fork and I said, I can do the self-pity shit because sometimes self-pity feels good. Sometimes it's appropriate, but I can go that way and give it up and say, I quit or I can go, I can go down the road to fucking honor this motherfucker and try to help some more people and get off my fucking ass do what I've been wanting to do, do what I've been called to do, um, bullshit on the fucking microphone. I can bullshit with a brick wall if I had to. And I don't know if this thing can fail if we help one person, right? All we got to do is help one fucking person through this, and then it won't be a failure. All we got to do is help one person and, you know... I think we can do that. I do. And and I know this has been a long-winded intro and and why we're here and I've just skimmed a lot of a lot of surfaces. Um but if we release this, man, I I think we're going to be able to to reach some people that are struggling and um maybe we can get it, get this up off the ground and and make it an episodic deal. Um and try to help some motherfuckers and you know, maybe show them that 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 Jesus isn't the judgmental asshole that they th- may think he is because he's not, and he's not. Some some pastors and fucking human beings are, but but Jesus ain't. And I think we can help people. So so that's it. Let's um let's do it. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Well, um, on that note to, uh, yeah, I want to thank you for your time and, and for doing this. Um, 
thanks to all the people that have helped. Thanks to, to I mentioned Beth and um, and Matt and, and people like that. I just want to go back through the episode and kind of thank the people I may have mentioned. Um, and to the guy I was talking about that, that I lost and that we lost in September. You know, oh, yeah, last thing on this, too, my logo. Um, the logo that I have, it's a rocks glass on a cocktail napkin. My old man always, always said he did 80% of his business on a fucking cocktail napkin, which is probably an understatement. But so I really, and that's how I, I drank out of a rocks glass whiskey, uh, maybe splashes of soda or splash, not club soda or water on the rocks. So that's my logo. Well, this guy that passed away as like a good job, a boy, way to get fucking sober. Let me know how to do that someday. Um, I think was one of his quotes. He he worked for a printing company up and he printed them all off for me and and mailed me like a box of three thousand of these fucking cocktail napkins. So when I started writing, I started handing them out like business cards. So I still have them. So that's how my logo got up from this fucking guy. And um, and I'm sorry that uh, I wasn't able to to maybe reach him in, in a in a real tough spot, but. Um, I'm going to make it up to him and and we're going to do this. So until next time, let us fucking pray. Pondoff's Anonymous is Chris Pondoff and produced by me, Jeff Allen. Our music is Antihero by McCall and Gentle Waters by Wild Wonder. For more information, visit pondoffsanonymous.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. 